The best damn league show period is, of course, brought to you. Let's see. Can I do like a Metallica where you all know the lyrics? Who is it brought to you by? That's right. Esports bet. And who is esports bet? The industry's leading crypto odds matrix. That's right. And you can get a how much deposit? Put 50% deposit bonus on up to 200 USDT worth of crypto when you deposit with our referral link in the description box below. Right. This is going to be another episode of the best damn league show, period. And it's all right. It's just me and Dom again. So it's just going to be our opinions. Now we've even got webcam technology. So we don't even talk over each other all the time. <laughs> no Yamato Cannon playing like fucking Martin Brodeur with the giant pads covering the whole net, doing this the whole time. And at the end, they go, you're the MVP. Because here's the thing. I know people were like trying to roast him for it, but I, I actually have a kind of a complicated relationship with Yamato Cannon's persona, Dom. Because on the one hand, I know what they mean. Like, put it this way. He did sort of do, which, spoiler, in European football soccer is just like that's half the job of being a manager, by the way, the coach. Is you just, like, use your post-game press conference to, like, deflect certain things off certain players, you know, don't want too much scrutiny, you know, put it on to people who can handle it, take a lot of abuse yourself, all that. All that basically what Grabs did for, like, two and a half years <laughs> in the Super G2, if people remember, right? Yeah. Obviously, some of that, yeah, it does essentially mean they don't let you get to the bottom of every point, and sometimes you don't really get to find out what's going on, and it's kind of like, what are they willing to reveal? But you have to realise, he's actually good at it, though, guys. Normally, they do that, and it's really annoying, because you're like, oh, God, this isn't even... Like, he's actually like, it's not just his voice, his delivery actually does... It's like, I start to believe the shit he's saying, I start to go, fuck it, maybe, maybe it is just like the communication and like their identity, who they are as men. Like, I start getting into it, but maybe there's something to this, like, he's good. That is a skill, guys. That is a skill. No, it's 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 really convincing. I realized a couple times during it, you know, he'll start and the, just the way that he will start every single point where he'll he'll really like ponder it for a second. He'll stay still, think, look off into the distance, and then he'll and then he'll he'll always start it with with something like, well, you know, in life there's wins and there's losses, and then like from there, you know, he could say any any type of bullshit possible, and you'll just believe it. Like for me, half the time I was I was realizing I was like, wait. I don't even, I didn't even listen to what he said. I just agreed with it right off the bat. I was like, let me start thinking about, wait, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, Humanoid was running it down. He was into you. Like, I saw it. I was there. Like, but you know, I mean, no, I, 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 I respect him. He has to do that shit. I think people actually did catch, because that's what I caught the joke, wasn't it? Because there was that moment where I was doing the same thing. I was just like, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Wait a minute. Humanoid's like, Chauvy. Like, what? Is that that fucking record <laughs> skipping? Like, what? Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back it up. Beep. People like what? Like, because that was all those ones where like your brain like gets the second loop and it's like that doesn't make sense. You don't agree with that at all. It's like, what do you mean? I, I love what he's saying. Like, no, that I, I was out on that one. Put it this way: listen, as much as I do think LS does overrate Chovy, like it's not like Chovy randomly dies for like no reason in the fucking head. Like, well, I'm, I used to win a few years ago. Like, come on, mate, he's he's pretty amazing. He's fucking amazing player. Come on. Yeah, I mean, at least Chovy starts out by playing like really perfect League of Legends, and then he just like chokes it all away in the final moments, and you just exactly. you question everything, you know? Like, but at exactly. least the the regular season and just like the moments where you know he's playing a bad team and his team's underperforming and it's all up to him. Those are the moments where he really just looks like Superman. So yeah.
By the way, people don't know as well. I've always thought like there's nothing nothing bizarre at all about LS loving Shovy. He actually is the perfect LS player. It's like the guy that he imagines. If you had five of them, they wouldn't even need to come. They would just all make these perfect. First of all, they wouldn't have to even roam because they'd just all win lane at the same time. You know what I mean? Like it actually is his like wet dream of like what he wishes every player could be, but but obviously he can't. And the joke is that's why the universe never lets Chovy have just a normal team. So LS is always right. He always is the one that's ah, it's always his bloody teammates. It's always that every time, isn't it? I hate that as well by the way I was six I hate the narrative angle of like it's just not satisfying when you pe- feel like people don't get the fucking shot like here's the thing I used to fe- I'll say straight up I used to feel the same about people like upset until they got this team basically but the thing is though once you do get this team like he has now there's no excuses anymore after that like you have to actually get it done now mate like yeah <laughs> you know I, I mean that's how I feel but I think uh, the miraculous thing about Chovy and, and, and about upset is when you look at their teams now the players that are supposed to be good get on their team and they start playing like such yes. shit that it's like hard even blaming yes. it's like we're watching these fanatic games and i'm seeing the type of shit that hilly humanoid and, and razor are doing i'm like is it really upsets fault like is he just like the worst fucking human being on the planet he just curses them out every single day insults their mothers just tells them they're all shit at the game and that they're the ones holding him back and they just all target him does he do that or or is he just the most unlucky person in the history of the world with, with these players because chovy's the same thing i mean you look at this gen g team oh and that's, yeah that's true sure. fanatic it's like they've got to get it done right now right like that is what gen g is He's never had a team with the caliber of players across the board like this. But then you watch them play and it's like, yeah, it just looks like if you told me it was fucking HLE and all those players just got one more year and they're, they're playing marginally better, I would believe you. You know, DRX, GenG, HLE might, all, might as well all be the same fucking team. So who knows, man? Who knows? Is the thing, Dom, as we're talking about Fnatic, I know better than to naively try and resurrect the topic from last week, where as I pointed out on the show, it did only take one week. Well, technically, yeah, it was, just, it was just one week of play, and Dom was completely out of BDS in every possible capacity. <laughs> so, all of it is this is where you have to know this is where you got to know your co host, Dom, because a foolish host who's just a generic host would go, but this week they almost beat Fnatic. It's like, no, 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 you have to understand, Dom is going to interpret that. Are you ready? I know already that's oh. how bad Fnatic was in that game. Because I, dude, when I watched that game, like, you know, now, dude, BDS like could have won a couple more games than this, like, yes. they're not even they actually aren't good. Though. That that isn't like the you know it's not like they're getting some like what do you call it, like pyrrhic victory like oh they're still pretty good even though it looks like every time they always win almost win these games genuinely I just like what is this other team doing this is amazing that they're almost losing like this like the fact that even the on paper Dom if you look at the two rosters it's impossible this Fnatic team can lose to BDS it's impossible how the man that game was fucking right there like what that's this is some ropey shit. Because that I mean, Fnatic it, it, team still has the same problem don't they? they still have like a ridiculous like they can just have games where they just look shit. I mean, yeah, I, I I actually just don't know what is going on with the team because they look so out of sync. And I think the weirdest thing about this Fnatic team is, and, and yeah, you're 100% right. That is my interpretation. When I watch when I watch that BDS Fnatic game, I don't view like BDS as any better because BDS is always going to lose games like that. It's not that BDS was the team that was just losing the same way Misfits has been losing, where they just look like shit from start to finish. I mean, obviously the SK game Misfits ended up winning, but outside of that, Misfits, every single game has just been completely shit on. Like, it felt like they had no chance to win. BDS has not been in that same vein where it just feels absolutely hopeless. It's it's what we said last week. They invent a new way to lose every single game. This is another example of that. How do you lose this Fnatic game? Every single time you watch BDS play, it's like, wow, you managed... Like, you don't just trip over and win one of these. There, there's not one of these At games all, that crazy, you play... Yeah. 
where you just win by accident or the other team just makes a mistake and you're able to capitalize off that. It's like, no, they find a way to actually just lose every single time. And they found another way, just like the late game decision-making of this team. It just, I, I don't know, man. I, like I'm, I'm watching the game and sixth item, nuclear int is going a Seraph's embrace. That, that's a stacking item. You, you need to stack your tier to make that item actually an item. But he bought it last. It's not like he sat on a tier all game. He just bought the completed item at the end of the game. And hey, it's just like, a pure rookie mistake. I mean, is it even a rookie mistake? Or is that like, dude, do you play League of Legends? No, no, like, you play League of Legends, it. right? Like, like, surely. And number one, the most crazy part about, about that is if you talk to people that actually play AP Kog'Maw, they'll always tell you that Seraphs is actually not even the best tier item. That Muramana actually makes more sense similar to how corky goes Muramana and then ends up right. going like ludens and stuff or zary right now which is uh coming to the meta and erls played as like a ap mid laner it's not really ap but it's the same type of idea where you go ludens and you get a Muramana and it amplifies like your ability and it still does damage and then the Muramana proc is not bad because at the end of the day all these people have auto attacks all these champions have auto attacks it's not even that so it's i actually just don't know how you get a 44 minute seraphs in this game like what what is he thinking when he when he does that? It's like I just need mana. Fuck it. Like I just really need mana super badly. I I actually don't know how BDS manages to lose all of these games. And I mean the games from from Fnatic don't look clean at all. I think the weirdest thing is that the pl two players that are playing the best are Upset and Wonder. And I feel like that is almost the worst combination of roles you could ever sure. have. Yes. Being the two stars of your team because they don't yes. interact at all. It's like you have a top laner that can't TP bot until fucking 14 minutes and you have an AD carry so who's who's on the other side of the map. Like, how do you actually get either of these lanes to interact? So it's a really tragic situation for Fnatic. I, I don't really know um, what to say about it. Apparently, after it, you know, Yamato tweeted they were like sick. I don't know. Maybe they're okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, you have to just take take them at the face value. Yeah, the I'm not day, saying it's, it's wrong, but it's yeah. just like, for me, the problem is it's not like they just played really bad this week and then last week they looked really good and then, you know, in playoffs yes, they looked really good. Exactly. It's like they've looked like shit for the last, like, you know, since since game two of, of the Rogue series, they've essentially looked like shit. So, I mean, we'll see. You know, they, they got through the week, I guess. I mean, they they got a 1-1 against BDS like and, and Mad. I mean, like, all right. I feel I like we're supposed to just be better than everyone. I've even got a take that's going to be mad because it's going to make people think like we're just actually dunking on BDS now, which I actually sort of am. But I've got, there's a reason for it. Like it's to make a valid point, which is if you even look like the point you were saying there about the fact that BDS, like for example, one thing if you haven't watched them play because they are the worst team, like don't don't watch them play. But it's not, it's not an advertisement. <laughs> but I'll just explain. Like what's bizarre is just like actually towards like the latter part of last split, they actually do occasionally get like leads as well. They're like sometimes they're ahead early or things are working actually early in the game so as dom says it's not even like they just bad from like minute one to the end like misfits sometimes is and just gets beaten by like all the players being worse the draft not being good and looking like you have no win conditions like they'll actually be at the beginning of the game like oh this isn't that you know this isn't as bad as you'd think but here's all you need to know right i actually get the sense that the fact that so many teams actually do come back and win against them even in this scenario and that essentially it looks like no team when you're playing against vds really ever believes they're out of the game that also does imply to me though dom that you just get shit on in every scrim like if after the scrims they all think they can still beat you right they don't they don't respect any lead i'll give you the analogy right there's a there's a classic story that i think it was like fucking i think it's kenny smith off inside the nba once told this story right do you know that do you know the really iconic it's from like it's from like 2004 so i might be being too boomer of this but like it's a really iconic playoff moment in the nba where right at the end of reggie miller's career when he's really old he was like literally like 38 or something bad he was playing a game against the pistons the year that they won 
and he came down to do like a layup after a steal and and rip off, and Tayshawn Prince just blocked it right it was like a really mm-hmm. famous block like ended the game basically basically the story Kenny Smith told is this is he said that's what shows you that you're old because when you're young he said when you steal the ball that yep. guy doesn't the defender doesn't even bother chasing you because you're just gonna you're in the open court you're just gonna you're gonna dunk it or something whatever but he said when you're old it's like when you when you're like this when you get the ball you look behind you and the guy's like in that position like you know like a sprint position like he's like that already like ready yeah. to run you down it's like that's all you need to know about bds even though we're on week two ladies and gentlemen everyone playing them's like yeah it's bds so every single lead it's possible to come back they could throw any fight we could beat them in any way like dude like that's you have me i don't i can't believe in that team that they're gonna mentally boom dude there's no way you can sort of have that many those are like soul draining when you actually feel like you have a chance and you lose it's actually better in some ways that you were sitting just have a team that you first feels like a dead team you can just go there like your job and just put your hours in it's way worse when you feel like you're almost able to do something you can't win any fucking games basically yeah i, th- I think the problem here is is that i mean i, kn- I know from actual just people that scrim them everyone says that bds is like one of the worst teams to scrim I mean, Grabs tweeted out after it that he's like, oh, this is like the best game we've had all week. Now, I don't know if people are actually exaggerating, but I, I unironically heard that they were 0-20 in scrims last week. My God. And remember, based on the logic of LEC, they're not playing Fnatic in every game. They're presumably playing teams like fucking Misfits or that. Like, they must be yeah. scrimming that level. Yeah. Look, I, I I don't know the accuracy of it, but at least teams behind the scene are, are saying that they're fucking dog shit. Maybe maybe it's not actually 0-20 because, you know, pro players always exaggerate. But I actually had somebody tell me that they were 0-20 and they didn't even scrim all LEC teams. They were scrimming like ERL teams and shit, and they were still 0-20. <laughs> so, Dude, Crouchon's I mean, never getting in this lineup, is he? Come on, man. Come on. Just let him in. Yeah. Just give him one game. Give him. Come, dude, there's even like Ezreal and shit in the matter. Please, just one game, please. Like, come on, well, please. No. It's <laughs> Matty had that one good Ezreal game this week, and then oh, suddenly, like, he just guaranteed a spot for the rest the of the That was the moment. <laughs> here's the statement. You know, technically, because of the stupid Twitter shenanigans, now XL has to find some way to have Cadrill play. With the joke being, like, what they should do is if they actually do lock in playoffs early, they should just let him play the last game, and the joke is it's all like completely. They're not actually going to let him play. No, I, I'm almost certain you you cannot actually just play an LEC there, by the way, fans. But that would obviously be the premise, wouldn't it? Like, spoiler, they're not going to let you play if you're not a member of the actual team. But anyway, I mean, a, the cast, joke a caster can't play. Like, like a caster, oh, of course not. But but the joke is like Cadrill's closer to playing for Excel than Crown Shot is for BDS. What's wrong with that <laughs> fucking statement, guys? Cadrill doesn't even play League of Legends anymore. Well, as far as I know, I'm sure he plays the sort of queue, whatever, and just as his dream. Like, I could come back still, maybe. Do you think he still does that? <laughs> It never really leaves you, no. does it? If you if you if you still play the game actively, there's always some aspect you're gonna think that, right? Uh, it depends, like what type of form you're in. I feel like right now, Kajol doesn't feel like that. But I would say that, like when he was playing Lee Sin and he was, you know, high challenger last year, that's the moments when he. It's like, it's not right. when you're just recreational playing. Like when I'm playing right now and I'm like GM, I don't actually feel like I could come in and dominate LCS. But when I'm like playing, playing, and I'm challenger and I'm playing versus, like it's impossible to be a former LCS player. And then play against LCS players and then beat LCS players in solo queue, like, you know, just like completely like out jungle them and then not feel like you could play against them in a real situation. You know, like if you're if you're actually feeling yourself in solo queue and you feel like you're in form, of course, every ex pro player is going to think that because all the external factors that you always question, like when you're you're an actual rookie, it's like, oh, how much different is it? Like, oh, playing on stage. It's like, I mean, if you've already got over all those hurdles, all that it comes down to is actually playing the game. But I 100% agree with the BDS statement. I mean, the BDS statement is is just so accurate. I mean, this team, even when they win, it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel good. I mean, you it, like they won that game, and it's like, all right, nice. Let's see the game. I mean, theoretically, they had a good week. Like, th- yeah, this is sure. a good week. 
for them. They, they beat they beat G two right. Like that's insane. That's top of the world. Why is it that they've been so bad for so long that after they almost beat Fnatic and beat G two, I still feel like they're just gonna go zero two in the next week. Oh, I don't know. Like, at all. Yeah. I'm, am I just a fucking maybe? I mean, I I am a BDS hater, but am I a oh, delusional BDS? You're hater? justified BDS hater. That's the problem. Because <laughs> I agree. Put it way, there is a world. There's it's not even that crazy world. There's a world where they just went two zero over two of the biggest names in the whole league. And I, same thing. I would actually just use that then to go on to so like a fucking betting site and bet when they have the good odds against them. Like, spoiler, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on them. Would I? Would I? Would I in that kind? Of, right. Okay. I've got a team we should flip to. Because if we're gonna flame the fuck out of BDS, what's cool is one of the most talked about teams on this show. Just because they were always like the playoff bait of like where they were living. So, dude, it's time we actually upgrade the conversation. XL is actually really legit, mate. This team's actually really good. Yeah, like, good. I have to say, they, they genuinely have some of the most like aesthetically pleasing league to watch, like as a team unit, though. Like, mate, their macro's good. Like, when I had Nelson on somebody inside the other day, right? He was bigging up this idea that because of this boot camp, you know, they're the only ones who know how to play the way that like the LPL teams do on side lanes and in macro stuff. But like, what's funny is that like, you don't want to kiss the guy's ass, but he's sort of right. Like, this team actually looks really legit. Like, I, I'm sort of getting, I don't know if this is like a fucking rogue razor cake I'm about to eat, but I, the more I watch the more legit they really do look as a squad yeah i mean i think so originally the, the the reason why i was never high on xl is because of what i said last week which is the the solo laners right when you look yes. at the solo laners it's hard to imagine a team with nuke duck beating a team with caps in the playoffs like or humanoid if you just think about the context of the last two three years oh, of course but, yes but xl definitely does look like a mark above other teams when it comes to how they play out there like everything they do makes sense like they just they look like they're just playing good league together. And a lot of times I would say, oh, well, you know, like you can be cohesive. You can be more than some of your parts, but in general, you need a certain level of player to win the LEC. And I, I kind of believe that to some degree, but does that necessarily mean that like, even if I still hold that position, does that mean that they can't go to worlds? I, I can see them definitely being like a three, a three seed with the way Fnatic is looking. I mean, if they come in and, they, and they, they're actually playing cohesive together, XL is playing cohesive league together like they're playing now, I feel like they should just be a favorite over a team like like Fnatic. If they were to play each other in this next week, I would predict XL to win. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, like, if this is just going to be the level. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's no G2. There's no old G2 in LEC right now. There's no, no, no team no. that just looks like yes. there's no chance to beat them. So... I mean XL. I mean they're they're definitely uh, they're definitely, I guess, proving the rankings wrong. I think the highest I saw anyone had them was four. I think you had them four. I think I saw maybe one one other person had them four. But pretty much no one had them over G two no, no. fanatic at least. And I'll even say this as well. When I had them number four, that wasn't like you know like an ironclad Close. like wow. Like mine was more like it, them and like I'm like I'm off the top of my head. I'm gonna guess the next one after that I had like was Mad Lions and then I think Vitality or something. Like if I had them in that order, it was like a very loose three, four, five, like four, five, six rather. That could easily all swap around and like individual player performance. Because that's the one thing I definitely agree with the central point. Here's the issue, and this is actually the qualm I have about this team. It reminds me beyond the fact that it's not going to be the same point. You know though, this is the whole reason why the last split with Rogue was. So difficult because you would watch them in the regular split and be like this is really great like what are you what am i not supposed to like like you, just, you can beat everyone pretty much you look legit and everything's working out you clearly have like an identity you caught your draft for yourselves but obviously the question then was a different type of playoff like query we had like could they hold up under pressure when they play the big game right that's the problem i have with xl i sort of agree with you basically 
I mean, it, again, just put this phrase out there. No matter how they're playing right now, like, for example, I've seen a couple of games this last week where Finn looked really good, actually. He's pulling off some really nice plays. But again, I can't in my brain think the sentence, Dom, like, Finn and Nuke Duck solo lanes win the LEC in 2022. That doesn't make that doesn't seem like it, that will ever be true. Like, that feels like something, there's something very weird happened. Blade versus Broken Blade and Caps. Those are the two. Those are the two soul lanes of what is perceived yes. to be the best team. Because on some level, I know even I know this is actually one of those ones where I almost feel like people might think I'm being a little bit like the kind of actual sports narratives I hate on TV. Like basically, by the way, I just hate that like American style of like the quarterback's got to get it done in the big game. Like I think it's just a bit hackneyed most of the times. You know, like obviously they apply it to people who don't even have a good team or they're the underdog or something stupid. You know, but I do sort of genuinely believe after watching a lot of esports and sports over the years, the problem is if you don't have like a superstar player. You could still win. It's just you. You're basically your team has to be good every game. The the value in the superstar player is like this is why Fnatic. I, put it this way: spoiler, no one's going to give up on Fnatic. The whole split, no matter what. And the reason why is because someone like Hillasan could just wake up and randomly just carry a whole series and win. They could just have two games where he just does like some impossible pike shit at level two, and then he has a thresh game where he chans every arc. And next thing you know, you've just lost. Even though your team might be better, you might have drafted properly, you might have scouted him. The, that's the issue XL has: is they're sort of like walking the tightrope. They have to be. They have to be flawless the whole time, probably to win. They do yeah. look good. I agree with you. Right now, pretty sweet. If you, if 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 an expert had to pick right now, hundred percent, they're in almost everyone's top three for worlds right now. This second, they look great. Looks really yeah. impressive. Definitely. I, I like the the questions that they need to answer are things that you can't know right now, which is how deep are their champion pools really? Like when teams actually have to prep for XL and they start thinking about XL differently instead of being like, oh, we should probably beat XL for good. You know, instead of using this as a benchmark of, are we actually a top team right now? Or like, what is our form? When teams start prepping like, okay, what does XL do the best? How are we going to like, like hamper Nuke Duck to make sure that we actually have an advantage in our Caps versus Nuke Duck matchup, in our Humanoid versus Nuke Duck matchup. And they start actually attacking, you know, his champion pool or they attack Finn's champion pool. And, you know, like GP isn't available and like they, they make it unideal situations for the other picks he plays like Orin or whatever. How are they going to respond to those moments? And are they going to have deep enough champion pools um, to do it? And what is the meta going to look like? Because I think right now, it's a pretty good meta for Nuke Duck. If Lissandra is super high prio and and uh, Corky is really high prio, those are Nuke Duck champions for sure. Like those are champions where he can get through the lane. He can be really useful. Um, but let's say, you know, we have a meta like we had in playoffs where no one was really playing Lissandra. It was probably good back then, but, you know, no one had really figured out the meta. My point is, if there's a situation where the meta involves champions like Silas and Ari and all these champions and like maybe Lissandra gets nerfed, how is he going to match up then into the, like, you know, the mainstay Silas players of this LEC like how is he going to have the counters for it um, and will he be able to be banned out on what his counters are and then those champions end up being really strong so those are always the questions that you ask about um, a team like XL because they did show in spring to have relatively limited champion pools um, there was a game I distinctly remember where uh, where Marcoon got pinched super super hard and I believe they ended up having to play Lee Sin with Corky um, and there was no gankable lanes or anything it was just like what is this Lee Sin doing in this game um, at all and you could just tell that what happened was you know they got Xin Zhao out of there they just removed all the junglers they just banned out the junglers that Marcoon was playing and a lot of these players have champion pools of four or five champions at any given moment you suddenly ban out four take the other holy shit wait I actually have nothing to play I have to play or you know let's say you have five champions they ban out two take the third and then your fourth and fifth options just aren't good they, they put you in a situation where you have to play something like trundle into like a bunch of rain champions and versus no tank or you have to play lease in with lanes that don't have any setup for you and you can't be active with those are the questions that i think people are going to have about um xl and yeah i mean i'm not going to go go ahead and say that they're 
like the best team, but they look top three right now. They they yes. look top three. They might be the best team macro wise right now, but it's hard for a team like XL to keep that form because normally if they're doing things that are really good, other teams are going to copy it. Yes. And then the teams that copy it might just win out because they have better players. Yes. Yeah, it's basically, it's actually the curse of like a league format, basically. Because the problem in this scenario, this is one thing that's actually a little bit of a nuanced point, right? So obviously you'll know that like European soccer is based around, it's just a league. At the end, whoever has the most points wins the league. And then you have other competitions that you might have a separate cop that's like a playoff format, or you might have like the Champions League that's sort of like a world's type scenario. But the reason why that's a, re a meaningful point to bring up is because if it's just a league, it doesn't matter when I get the points in the league. I should just try everything I can to get the most points, right? The floor actually, Actually, like you're saying here, the downside, if you're ever really good at the beginning of a split, is you sort of teach all the other teams how to beat you and what you do when that works. And so the, what are the odds it lasts like 10 weeks right into the heart of the playoffs, etc. So, yeah, that's the downside, unfortunately, to being the people who lead at the beginning of the split every time. Or the other thing I would say is this as well, is... In general, even though I said, like, yeah, they don't have the superstar player, one thing I'll give mad props to the actual XLR org or the coaches or whoever made these decisions is how they've managed the roster, though, dude, because they didn't do, like, a... They didn't bring all five in at once. They've they've gradually moved, like, one and two pieces in and out, split by split. And these are never... With the exception of getting Mickey X, which is crazy, you can just get Mickey X out of nowhere, just available, like, two weeks into a split or something. With the exception of that move, every other move's, like, it's not an obvious move. Like, it's not that obvious you, bring, you kick out fucking cries and bring Finn back to Europe it's not that obvious that you'd bring fucking Nuke Doc in after what happened with him when he was on like the dodgy version of Astralis like man actually like these moves are quite subtle moves and all they've done is put them tiny bit better tiny bit better and I'll, what I'll say is this as much as they don't have the superstar the actual flaw of the players is legit though Dom they don't have a single player I think is vaguely bad like every player like I said I've never been a big Finn fan but actually he's looking good this split like he actually has yeah. a champion pool now he isn't just some like stupid like haha can he play a Cled like dude he looked fine on that like totally fine yep i i mean i i think that there was some rough moments in that game in the early game i think his like early levels were really bad to be honest i wasn't completely sold because i thought el yoya had probably the worst game of his career i don't like i've watched every single guy this guy every game that this guy has played in L lec um and a world's and msi i have never seen el yoya who i think is mechanically one of the best junglers play that bad mechanically as he did in this okay. game it was crazy it was like Come on, man. Like, you're going to hit a Q at some point. Like, you're ganking the no flash NAR that's pushed up and you have kick and you kick them back and then you Q to minion and wasted your flash and then oh, you somehow that was didn't bad. kill him. Yes. yes, that was bad. True. There was like two or three situations where I felt like he should have been able to kill. And the problem is that they were just straight up trading sides of the map. So XL was executing their plays on the bot side of the map. Yes. And Matt was trying to execute these plays on the top side of the map and then they weren't winning on either side. So that was an absolute tragedy. So I don't know if like, I have excelled that much higher than Mad Lines. That did look like an uncharacteristically bad game um, for El Yoya, but I mean, overall, I think that the team is is pretty interesting, and and I definitely agree with what you said about the plays, the places that got the pieces, because when you think about it, like Astralis was was fucking terrible. Like everyone with Nuke Duck was gone. I think you were like the only person that I've ever heard say that you still wanted to see Nuke Duck yes. like in. I think everyone LEC. else went out of LEC. Yeah, they thought yeah. he was just done. Sure. Everyone else is like, come on, dude. He's been like 10th for two It didn't look bad now. as well. I'll say it didn't look good for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it looked really bad. So, I mean, I, I was with I was with that, that sentiment where I'm like, okay, you know, sure. it seems to be a lot of talent in ERLs. At least give an ERL player a shot. Or, I mean, I I, I thought, hey, just keep Chekalod. Like, Chekalod looked yeah. better than Nuke Duck. That, was a, that was a popular sentiment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt the same way. So, like, they got him from a 10th place team. Finn was on the 10th place LCS team. Yep. 
that was supposed to be a good team. It wasn't like a 10th place LCS team where I was like, oh, but there's nothing he could do. He got just like, no, that was the team that was supposed to be top six. Broxa, Finn, Poe Belter is one of the most successful mids in the history. Yeah, Wild yeah. Turtles is one of the most successful AD carries. Recently, I actually had to do a top five. Like I had, I was part of a voting panel um, for LCS for like top five players of all time per position. And Wild Turtle and Poe Belter were still, were both in oh, there. Oh, they would be for accomplishments. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For, for overall, overall top longevity, top everything. Yeah. Yeah. Longevity peak accomplishments, like by everything they just deserve to be there. Yep. And then smoothie, who was at one point considered one of the best shot calling supports in the sure. region. So that was the team that Finn was on and he looked bad individually too. There was some games where I was like, what the fuck are you doing? He would get oh, his clip counter pick and he would lose his counter pick lane. Like he would die first blood in his lane where he's getting the counter pick on, on his clip. So at that point, you have to be like, okay, man, like maybe this guy's just done. So it, it can't be understated enough how like low people were on these players. It's not like they had to fight for, you know, Finn and and uh and Nuke Duck. Like these were players that nobody nobody wanted. Most people just thought were were shit. So I mean, yeah, they definitely saw something in them and and it seems like they're correct. So I, I definitely give props there. Since you referenced Mad Lions, because that's I agree with your sentiment, by the way. Like, basically, when you consider that that Rogue versus Mad Lions game was a fucking travesty, if Mad Lions just win that game, the top three of LEC would be G2, XL, Mad Lions. Those are the three best teams right now. Because this is the other thing, Dom. Like, this is a great example of where you can see in a game if someone's actually doing well, even if his team isn't, right? Even though Mad Lions did, in the end, look stupid in that XL game, where they just sort of got rolled at the end, and as you say, they fucked up every gank pretty much, and he's got every gank of XL seen to work, right? The one player in that game, dude, Nisky looked fucking good in that game. Like, his Silas is actually legit now. It used to be like a semi-meme. He looked really legit in that match. Like, not only was he landed everything, but like, he actually like, no, man, he, that guy's just a good player now. Like, you can see that in that he's, game, he's he's get, his team's getting rolled and he's still doing stuff. He's just a, he's just a top, he's one of the best mid laners in LEC. And that, that was that was the, the huge worry for him, right? Like, there's no chance that you watch, you watch the first five games and you think that a player like Humanoid, just for the, for the first five games, that Humanoid is better than Nisky based off what we've seen. Like, no, no. Just if they been... took the nameplate off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you took the nameplate off for, for yep. the, the first five games, I, I think you have to have Nisky like top two, top three. And I think that's realistic. I think that he'll just maintain that, that form. I mean, there's nothing that tells me otherwise. And it's like he's getting bans on his best champions too. It's not like, oh, they're just letting him have TF every game and he's just smurfing on TF. It's like he got one game of TF. He's playing everything. He played Swain. Like he's playing Zoe. He played the Silas games and look good. He's he literally looks like he has a wide champion pool. Makes use of his counter picks. He's super active in the game. Even when it's like like you said, even when his team's getting rolled, the one kill. Like, didn't they get beat? Like didn't they have one kill the entire fucking game? Sort of metal, yeah. <laughs> and he was, and he got that kill, and that was like a hard kill to get to. Yeah. Like he had to, you know, he had to oh, flash it was a mega kill. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was pretty, it was a nice kill. So it was nice. So I think that that's sure. a, I think that's a very easy game for Mad Lion fans to just shrug off because yes. they had one they had one player that's normally super consistent just have one like an egregiously bad game you know whatever that like also if you're our team like we've only just got our new player and mate aside from like the uh, these two games one that was a massive throw and one where like the top side of the match just fucked up a bunch of times 
looks Mad Lions look really good. Like they're another team. Here's what I love about Mad Lions and XL particularly is G2 at the moment, by the way, we'll get to that in a minute, but they've got everything, like everyone's playing well and they're looking awesome, blah, blah, blah. Mad Lions is a bit like XL in the sense as well, that like everyone just looks like they're in good form again. Like the team's fine, like back in engaged like, as an identity, can actually play well. This just shows you, by the way, why the ERL thing of like taking people from the RLs and just like taking, treating them like a scratch ticket and just being like, no, nah, I didn't get it this time, throw it away, get another one. That That is only going to continue because of, splits like this storm because this this split does show that you would have been wasting your time trying to do Rika for another split because let's imagine you even had some success you know maybe he develops a bit more and he has a couple of pop-off games and he starts to get like integrated into the shot calling he still wouldn't be Niski right now like Niski right now with you he's already solved most of your problems like they still have some pieces to get together if they want to be the number one team but they're they're right in the mix and remember this was the team that like it was right that they missed the playoffs last split. They looked mad ropey down the stretch. They just fell apart completely. And they had some really silly losses. So, like, this team, this Mad Lions, actually, I mean, as I looked at the beginning of the convo, it is it is a world's bit. Like, this team can come to go to worlds if things keep going as they are now. Looks good. Definitely. And, and they just have direction now because there was so many times where you'd look on the map and El Yoya and Kaiser would just be lost in spring. There was so many times where you just see what they were doing and you're like, man, like, why are they here? It makes no sense. Where now it looks like they actually have some direction. And you have to expect that that is the, or, or at least believe that that is the veteran experience from Niski, giving them some idea of like when they actually need to visit the lane. It seemed like last time, our last split, they would just show up and it'd be like, why are you guys mid? It's like, I don't know. We're fucking roaming. Like we're just supporting jungle. We're supposed to be mid at this time. It's like, well, there's nothing to get mid. Like, so, so don't, like every time they go mid, they're looking for something. Oh, they're looking to burn a flash. They're looking to put a ward down. They're looking to like push through. They're going to Herald. They're doing something every single time. They look so much more decisive in, in the plays that they're making. And yeah, I mean, the, the XL game that we're referencing, none of that changed. Like, it wasn't like they were lost on the map. They went for the correct plays and they just fucked up every single play. Like, that just happens sometimes. Look, sometimes you just miss your fucking skill shots. It is what it is. Just go next. Oh, the guy just escapes on 15 health or whatever, like some of the shit that was happening in that game. True. I mean, yeah, he was escaping on 15 health when they were <laughs> you know previously I mean? misplaying. So, like, yeah. that's that's how sure that those kills exactly. are. Exactly, yes. Is, come on. I mean, if he's escaping on 15 health and you, like, missed everything, it's probably a good gank. You're probably doing the correct thing. So, I would love to see what Mad Lions looks like versus XL when they actually start trading sides and they're even going into that mid-game and then we get to see some team fights between these teams because I feel like maybe that could be one of the parts that my Lions ends up like just inching out a little bit of a of a lead. So yeah, we'll have to see how how they progress. But I mean, I'm I'm still feel the same way about Mad Lions. I don't think that they're right now the best team in LEC or anything. But I mean, I still have them top three, top four. Let's jump down a second and go down because it it won't take too long to knock this one out. But we got to address this, like, dude. I actually genuinely hate calling, like, this team, they've done this split, like, it's over already. Because in theory, like, you know, it is only, we've only had two weeks of playing. There's so many things could happen. And obviously the meta can change. And the patches can happen, blah, 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 blah. But here's the problem. Like, after watching two weeks of Misfits, like, I actually am just ready to call it, mate. Which seems mental because they had the MVP of last split. But, like, this looks looks so bad. Like, I, I genuinely, like, I struggle to find any sort of bright spot for the team. Like, everything just looks shit. It just looks really down. I don't even mean shit in the sense of, like, they're just all idiots or whatever. It's just, it, they just play badly is the problem. Yeah, they play badly. And then um, the things that they should be good at, they're, they're now not able to execute. So, uh, 
yeah, I mean, when you see Schlatten just get his lease in and then it just looks like shit, it's like, man, what is what are they going to actually exactly. do well? yeah. You know, like, I, I, if they were still banning the lease in and Schlatten wasn't playing it and, you know, Neon wasn't on hyper carries yet and he was just trying to play the meta, maybe I could still be like, well, you know, like, they just need to figure out a couple more champions that are going to, like, open up the rest of the pool and as soon as they have, you know, something else that's threatening in some regard, then some of their champions that they're actually really good at will end up, you know, dropping through ban phase. Because if there's an OP champion and there's a fucking Lee Sin on this patch, you're probably going to be banning the, the, the OP champion. My problem is that, like, when you see Lee Sin from Shaladin, it's like, oh, this isn't even a good Lee Sin. <laughs> like, this is, yeah, it's just, it, I don't know. There's no threat in the game. So I, I feel like Misfits is just bad. I mean, they, sure, they beat SK. It says more about SK than it does about them. That's also what's brutal as well, dude. It's like the whole thing about Slatten, like last split was like, anyone who was a critic of his would just say, well, all those games you guys are saying he won, he just got Lee Sin in. It's like, yeah, now he gets it. Like, he's obviously not just a Lee Sin god, is he? Like, that means when the champion's strong in the net, he can play it. Like, here's one thing I hate that fans do. It's like they hear real analysis and try and, like, misapply it to their favorite player. You know, people will be like, Dom, like what you were alluding earlier, they'll be like, but he's drawing Lee Sin bands. It's like, one, he isn't even doing that anymore. And two, if he draws Lee Sin bands, but they can just leave anything else and then they beat you, then that's not even a good thing. He's actually just showing he can play one champion. Like, what are you, what are you hoping for at this point in time, guys? And the reason why I hate this is because, like, what I I don't get like on again i hate to call for people to be fired but effectively i have to win a league with to get another player in the league we have to make space like this is the sort of player i don't you don't hate it. you don't hate it do you really hate it do you really hate having to call I don't hate it in the biggest sense but i just don't like the idea that you have to say you just end this guy's career or whatever but like all i'll say is this it's like if you're gonna all brag to me constantly about erl talent how do players like this stay in the league then? Like, what is the point of them being in the league? Like, what what are they going to give in the league? Like, even when he was in last split, I thought he was mad over it at the end of last split. Maybe he had some good games. He had some. He had some. A couple towards the end, of, like last third of the split, maybe he had some pop offs, and they also won some massive, memorable games or whatever. But he never even seemed like that big a prospect anyway. I don't really get what what are they banking on with misfits. I uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know either, but. I mean, I think that there's a lot of context behind what a ban is. Like, like you said, you know, a lease and ban isn't just a lease and ban. Like, when you see somebody ban like Nidalee from Canyon, that's different than somebody than when they ban Nidalee from Layen in in uh, in LPL. I, I don't know how many people are going to get that reference, but essentially, the idea is that Canyon is the best Nidalee in the world. You got to be fucking scared because this guy's going to one v nine. They ban Nidalee from Layen because. They just don't want to have to deal with it. It's something that he's way better on than everything else. So that that's at least the comparison. Sure. The other thing I have a problem with in their team as well is this. is like, again, it's not like the Mercer guy just makes egregious, like, insult. He's not like old school promiscue or fucking drag troll where they're just like, get him out of the fucking game, ref. Get him out. Coach, rather. Get him out of the game. Like, I'm not like that. But again... Mate, bearing in mind, we don't have the fucking super broken jinx and just stuff like Zeri that you can just get 24-7 and dominate every game. Like, Neon's got to have a better support if we're going to build around him, mate. Like, he actually is the second best player on the team. But you can't just have, like, what is that lane? Like, it's nothing. And he's not going to get to a late game with a, a carry like that. This isn't last split. So, that like, that win condition doesn't exist now. Essentially, it's just Vettio, and even then he doesn't win games. So, like... I'm kind of a bit hopeless. I'm just a bit of, I don't know what to make of this team. It's just, it's just, there's no identity. It's nothing. I mean, it's why people were not sold on misfits the whole year coming into to, to playoffs, right? They like, there's not very many metas where you're going to be able to play something like a jinx where you'll be able to have 
just this one champion that can just win a team fight and just win you the game instantly. Like it's that quick. Like, oh, if you get one, not even win a team fight, like get one kill in a team fight. Like somebody overextends, Jinx just cleans up the rest of the team. That's a very specific situation. And, you know, people were just saying, hey, just ban Jinx. And I mean, that's ironically what he ended up saying on Twitter. He's like, oh, well, if I'm actually just a Jinx player, just ban Jinx. And then teams did it and they just like lost every single playoff series. It's like, oh yeah, well. That, when that they is. tried the reverse psychology, like playground, it's like, oh, well, you should do it then. It's like, well, they just did. So that didn't work, did <laughs> like, it? Yeah, they did. The bravado didn't, didn't work. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> what, I, mean, so, I mean, we're right then? Or like, I, I don't really understand. I know, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Like, I mean, what else are you going to say? Like, actually, I yeah, am true. just a fucking Jinx player. And if they ban it, we're fucked. Like, what else can you say? So, I mean, I respect it. It, it is what it is. You got to you gotta at least try the mind game. It's better than just accepting it. Like, yeah, no, we we really are overrated. We do actually. So, it's like our civil game. Part of the reason why, though, is remember, when we're complimenting him winning Jinx games there, we are talking about in a team that isn't that great as a team and in a team where he's got a rookie support that no one was impressed with. That's why I'm essentially what I'm getting to is like, like, put it this way, I I'm trying to think who it would be now. Like, who could I even pick to come in? Like, okay, I'll give you an example. You know, a couple of years ago, maybe when he first came to, like, SK Gaming, how, like, the level Limit used to play at. I mean, I would love to see fucking Limit with someone like Neon again. Like, this, that's the sort of fucking... Give me... And obviously not, like, in the modern day. That's why I said two years ago, obviously. <laughs> but, like... I need a player like that. Like, I need actual I mean, strong support player. Let's fucking get going with this lane. Then we've got something in this team. We've got that. We've got the mid and the bot lane. Then, like, we need more in this bot lane. Come well, on. I mean, the, the obvious one would be their, their academy player, which is Vander. Like, that would oh, be their... of course. Uh, yeah. Like, Vander is right there. I mean, I don't yeah. know. I guess I guess people just think that Vander, Vander is not that good anymore. I mean, the Misfits, uh, to be fair, the Misfits team career. in LFL. <laughs> I mean, look, I've... Yeah, true, in his career, but... He's I mean, another one with fucking crown shot. We need to make, like, a team. Like, what What would this team be, Tom? So, obviously, it's got, okay. like... it's. Got, I mean, listen, Niski's back on a team, so it's going to have to be Jazuki mid lane now, I guess. It's Jazuki mid lane. No, no, no. It's well, like okay, fucking... Okay. A crown they, shot ADC. They have to be not in, in LEC right yes. now? So that would have... Okay, all right. They These are people, in... like... They obviously should all be in, like, LEC, but they just can't get in. Like, Vander can be the support player. Who's the jungler hmm. for this one? Who would be on that? Maybe Dardock or something? Who would be Maybe who's like, a legit one for that one? It's hard. It, like, it depends on how long they have to be, like, in, like, ERLs or how, how long they okay. would have had to be in LEC. Because there's players like Tinks who... Oh, of course, yeah. He played for SK for, like, one split, yeah, yeah. and now he's just in, in ERL hell again. I mean, that's, that's just a player where you now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't even know. I guess like you would say Cabochard for this team, but he's there. He's in ERLs by choice because yeah, it's exactly. better to be on K Corp. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like he some fucked up like ERL version of an incel. No, like, he's like a voluntary cell. He actually chose to just stay and have no sex in the ERL, as it were. It, it was before he joined K Corp, all right? Before he joined K Corp, that was when he was like, all oh, right, there you we know go. What? Yes. But then once he joined K Corp, it was like, okay, so you just, you just want to be in ERL because being part of K Corp is better than being. It, like being part of K Corp, it's actually so insane that being part of K Corp might be better than being on any team in LEC besides for G2. Oh, in terms of what it does for like your stream and your status, and your, yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, it looks like yeah. they've, they've tapped into something. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's like even if the K Corp fans overrate players, it's like impossible to see so much positive sentiment around a player and not like by like not having it even subconsciously affect you where you're like oh that guy's Mate, like, pretty good here's you what's know? funny what you're talking about now is actually what i just noticed years ago right here's the problem that fans have when they go on reddit right if you ever say something dom like 
this fucking Reddit so biased towards TSM. What people will do is they'll just pick out like one random thread that was like, fuck Reginald. And they'll be like, no, it isn't. Even though if you actually look, we're talking about like a widespread trend, right? We're not talking about one incident. So what you're talking about there is basically what I've been annoyed by for so many years, specifically with TSM and Fnatic. Because I've always felt like what you're saying actually does happen. When you've read a million comments that overrate, like an obvious example would be like Reckless or someone or Bjergsen or whatever. When you've read a billion comments like that, even if you're the skeptic, it's like they keep shifting where the argument's taking place and you have to sort to some degree you do go with them yeah. like you yourself score like wait a minute I think he's even worse than that whatever even I've been sort of like skewed over here after yeah. a million of these convos gaslighting the fuck out of me I, you're right it does happen eventually yeah like if, if you're like <laughs> I think Reckless is like the third best like AD carry in, in Europe right and then somebody tells you well I think he's the best in the world it's like it's like you, you somehow end up in a place where you're like okay well maybe he is like the greatest AD carry in European history and the best AD carry in Europe but he's not as good as like Viper, right? Like yes. that's where you end up. That's the compromise you're gonna reach. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the compromise is so insane. But I mean, yeah, I, I think that like th that's actually something that that I think would be interesting is I want to see if if LEC actually does go with the rumors and expand because I do think that that's an organization you just need in LEC. Like you just need K Corp and LEC with the fucking fandom they have. And the, the interesting thing is, will K Corp actually want to join LEC? Like, well, because obviously one of the huge things is that when they're in ERLs, there's all this shit they can do, right? Yes. Like, they can have their K Corp event. Like, I don't know if you saw last week, they yeah, had this yeah. like, insane fucking event, right? With like 12,000 people and just the atmosphere. You can tell that these fans are fucking insane. Like, they just love their team. Even when their team loses, they're just so passionate about their team. And then, like, the other thing is obviously that they're. Their, their owner is a streamer and they're stream and the, and he has the co-streaming rights for their games in LFL. So will LEC potentially like still like just be like, all right, fine, whatever. Like you, you can co-stream the games too, because who knows? Like, I just feel like this is just, this is an opportunity we haven't seen in League of Legends. I don't think ever. Like when has there ever been a team that's not in a tier one league that's been closest popular worldwide? Oh, never. I mean, it's like, been, it's ridiculous. Because the problem as well is the key thing is, like, as you say, it's not even just only French people. Like, they actually have a mad European fan base. Because, like, obviously, you could find some Brazilian or Turkish team that the fans go nuts for, but only their fans, obviously, like, not the whole fucking world. Because I agree, by the way, based yeah. on a lot of the business things I'd heard, even going back to last year, I'd heard similar things that actually might not even make sense for them essentially to come into LEC. Because what people aren't thinking about here is, like, as much as they have, like, a cool roster for the RLs, you're going to have to spend way more in the LEC. You can lose all those promotional things you just described. Like it actually might even financially make more sense to stay in the RLs. You sort of min max, but essentially they're the team in League of Legends that is min maxing the best out of every Orgdom. Like they do spend a lot, but relative to like look what they're able to get for it, like they're enormous. Bear in mind they're not actually even in LEC. They're not even Astralis in theory, but they have. Like I'd rather be fucking K Corp than Astralis, obviously. Of course, like, like saying. I mean, it's getting to the point where it's like, would you rather be Fnatic or K Corp? Like that, like I think that G two, obviously, if you're still winning and you're able to put oh. out all the, and like you have the worldwide fan base, and, and like it's more spread out, I think that that's probably slightly more valuable. But it's like, I mean, would you rather be on Fnatic or or, or K Corp right now? Like I, for your brand, it's way better. I mean, we saw what happened like with Adam, right? Like Adam was on K Corp, oh, fucking sure. had more followers than the rest of the team in like one split one split on cake he didn't even do a year he did one split like you don't see that type of growth so i mean that's a side tangent but i, I think that it's one of the most interesting storylines in europe right now is like how like you're actually getting more numbers for a regional league team than for lcs teams by the way, you're definitely right on that as well. It also does just instantly sort of boost your status as a player. Because, like, dude, the, exa the example from earlier, it, it just is, it's Matty. 
the whole thing's like he was just on Carmine Corp and they were the best team. So like every fan has to be like he must have a chat. He must have more chances. Like like it just get it just gets you insane status like right off the bat just being yeah. on their team somehow. And I will say the ERLs have the work. This is the problem with like when you get into more nuanced League of Legends. Like anyone can see the most amazing player ever and go, wow, that's insane. Like when Caps does some amazing shit. The problem is the ERLs to me just expose that the eye test isn't there for so many people in League. Because, dude, how many times does a team win in the ERLs? And then people like telling me every player is amazing. Like they can't all be amazing for fuck's sake. Like yeah. in these teams, for example, there was not like Tagamas was obviously sick. Cabochard's pretty good. The second guy sometimes has insane pop offs. Like they can't all five be amazing. Like I'm fucking. What, are you all plebs? You think they just had five? Yeah. Again, with the exception, if you're a cake or ultra, I get it. You just like every player. I get that. I'm talking about real people trying to watch the game, obviously, and not just idiots. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it seems like that happens every season with the cake or lineup, man. No matter who's on the team, every player is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think that they just have like if, if K Corp was an LEC, I don't think that they're play, like maybe they could be a sixth place team. Like maybe like they could play be a sixth place team, and that's with improvement. I think the main problem is that their two most inexperienced players are the ones playing support and jungle, and that is super fucking yes. important. Like when you have players like Mickey and Marcoon that like look like they like they've now they've got their they're, they're on top of their shit. They know what the fuck they're doing. And then you have like El Yoya Kaiser, and you you have these types of lineups. It's so hard for like rookies to compete with that. Like you're just gonna get beat everywhere on the map. It doesn't matter how good Reckless is or Cabochard is. Like you you can't compete with XL right now with 113 and Hontera, but who knows? Either way, I mean, I just think that that's one of the, the better storylines in LEC because the other thing is, like, I don't know if LEC is actually gaining viewership right now for the first time in a little bit um, because of the fact that there's not a team that's internationally competitive, and then also I mean, the production and stuff it's 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 not even production, it's just like this pause bug, I mean, this is like oh, that is killing it, yeah, for sure. It is ridiculous to watch LEC games right now, like one of the days took eight hours. The next day took five and a half hours. There's five games. It's You're watching yeah. five games. I mean, technically you're watching six in one of them because they remade one. But it's ridiculous. Like, you can't actually just be spending this much time, um, wa like, watching the game. So, yeah, I think that uh, I think that we might have a really interesting uh, spring next year. I think that this is something that we've seen a couple times, though, where it feels like summer is just always less interesting than spring. Like, spring, you have all these new lineups. There's all this hype. And then when you get to summer, it's like, it feels like so many rosters have crumbled that you don't get the same amount of quality games. Like at least it, when Misfits was good and Mad Lions was still like a team where you're expecting them to make a run at some point, there's going to be like seven games, seven teams that are good. So at least like three or four of the games every single day are going to be watchable. But now when you have like Misfits, BDS, like, I mean, Astralis is like, I mean, they're doing okay, but I, I mean, they don't look legit to me either. And SK, when you have four teams that are all hard to watch, I feel like that's the the breaking point where then it just starts to be more tedious than actually exciting. Yeah, the sad thing is, I actually had hoped, bearing in mind, like, you hoped people like Misfits still have, like, some competence. I'd hoped this was going to be an amazing split, but basically, as far as I can tell, this is a split where it's like, there's the playoff teams, and then who gives a fuck about anyone else? There's just the playoff teams. Like, the yep. joke is, like, in the end, my Astralis prediction looks like it's come true, but just because everyone else is really fucking bad, like, Astralis isn't even... <laughs> yeah. The joke is, like, as much... I agreed with you last week, Tom, because in principle, you are right. Like, if Fizzichachi really can't lane, you should lose loads of games. It actually doesn't even matter, mate. Those teams at the bottom are so bad just what he's almost like he's almost at like high status apparently where just having a brain like he could be a brain in a jar and he's worth putting in the team you know what i mean like he actually just knows how to play league of legends like as a as a team just obvious in it from the teams he's been on yeah it's fucked up it's fucked up for sure <laughs>
So we've praised Excel, we've bemoaned Fanatic's bizarre inability still to fit together. Now I'm going to do a little bet for you on eSports Bet, where, by the way, they're running the World's Prediction Series 2 competition, which is a 10 million USDT prize pool. First prize later in the year is 800,000 USDT. There will be smaller prizes of 300,000 USDT and other prizes along the way. It is free to enter at the website. Go there with the link below. You'll get some DJT. You can start making bets. Now, one game I'm going to put a bet on here is going to be in LEC, obviously. There's two I was thinking of. I was thinking of this XL one with a under against Rogue. I think that's a really nice one for the price. But the one I'm going to have to go for, and it's purely based around the odds. That's one of the ways I like to do my bets. And it's going to be the big match. The old Kings versus the new Kings. And that doesn't even work anymore. But sort of does if you change it. It's obviously G2 against Fnatic, isn't it? Because when G2 plays against Fnatic, it's a best of one and G2 is a 1.530 odds favourite. Fnatic is at 2.458. Now, here's the thing. G2 is the better team. Who do I think will win? I think G2. But I think those odds are way out of whack for Fnatic. Fnatic has players that are so good, even when they're slumping, like Upset. Uh, no, sorry, not Upset. Hilasang, like Humanoid. These players can trip over and win a BO1. They can just get like one little draft squeeze and suddenly they're carrying and popping off on the champion. So I think those odds are just too crazy for me not to take Fnatic here. I've got to say, I don't know how they'll do it yet. I would suspect maybe Humanoid has a half-decent laning game and Hilasang just has some super sick pull-off roams. Like maybe he gets one of his primary signature champs and he just goes fucking ham. I'm saying that Fnatic takes this one. I'm putting my 1,000 on them. Yes, of course. G2 is the favourite, understand that but I tell you what, if you like these odds like I do, I think the cheeky upset I think the odds are way better than that way better than 2.458 for Fnatic I'm taking the potential Inters to win this one, now back to the show Alright, what about this? Because I've got an angle actually Like it is sort of true We did. now that we've had the extra week we did all slightly overreact to the rogue start, the real reason we all overreacted was this, it's because normally they only lose 4 or 5 games in an entire split and they normally start every split amazingly and like dominate it blah blah blah, so because they lost the 2 games right, everyone went mad, but if you look at it now right, I will say, as I said earlier they should technically have a loss against Mad Lions so really they should be 2 and 3 right, but it actually also turns out Mad Lions is really good so if you look at it right, even if you say they took the loss to Mad Lions, the only losses would be Fnatic G2, Mad Lions, right? Everyone else, they've beaten. And if you look who else they have to play, aside from XL, which is their next game, it's just all the shit teams after that. So even if they lose to XL, by the way, if they beat the bottom teams, they're actually not that far off the pace, mate. They're going to just be like the fourth best team or something. Like, they're going to they're gonna actually be right in the place they need to be. Now, I will say, though, here's the problem. That's all a great argument as to why, like, oh, they're not that far <laughs> off. But if you're actually watching the games, though, they're clearly not as good as their next self, for example, right now. Like, they don't look as clean. They don't. They, they still look like they lack a little bit of spirit to me, the fucking rogue team, mate. Yeah, I mean, they rogue, rogue looks weird, for sure. And it, it seems like Morong is just a completely different player than last split. I mean, it just you don't see any of that real, like, aggression or anything. And to me, the biggest issue with their, their gameplay is that it doesn't seem like there's any like cohesion. It seems like there's breaks between what people want to do. Like you, you hear the way Trimby talks about the game and then you see the way that they draft for Trimby. And it's like, are you actually getting what you want to play in game? That's one of the things that I'm just, uh, you know, c constantly considering like, are, are they actually able to um, get like everyone on the same page and make everyone happy within the team? Or, are the continued losses starting to actually pile up and affect this team? You know, do the players actually believe 
oh man like we can't we can't win you know like we can't really win like maybe if like other teams fail we could win but we still have so many problems are those problems too much to overcome um and yeah i, I don't really know it just it feels like you know everyone talked about marong a certain way you, you heard Oyoya's interview you heard pretty much every coach uh even us on the show everyone was saying hey like the way marong jungles it's not long term going to actually be Oh, mate, a lot of people, if, if anyone doesn't know, obviously you know, some people just only watch casually, right? A lot of people might not know. When we were talking about it, was actually even about after they won that upper bracket series in the playoffs. Dude, people were really upset with like our characterization of Malrang. Like when I said something like, you know, he could be like, if you put him on like a bottom four team or whatever, he'd do nothing. These would all be ints. Dude, people were getting mega upset. Like, because they were using the logic, I get it, of like, but if the team is on top and he is actually doing well in the team and they are winning, then he must be the best jungler. It's like, no, that style, like, he hasn't re. Like, I, I always put it like this, right? He hasn't just reinvented jungling, has he? Like, it's not like everyone else in the world's like, but what is he doing? Like some old school diamond proc shit or something. Like, he's just gambling. And the problem is when he gamble like that, it can't work forever in the long run the house wins as it were you know like the universe where you can't you can't just get every gamble in off at like level three if you could it'd be a different fucking world for junglers <laughs> yeah definitely definitely and just there's a reason why every jungle just starts farming more and being more efficient as their career goes on because you start getting punished for these types of things and once people have identified the way that you're playing and they're just not dying to your gangs you're just down 20 30 cs every game and then that just transfers into everything else then you can't contest any objectives you can't fight sure if you're getting all these ganks off it actually looks amazing i don't know for me i think that malrong uh he's been figured out and people just they they know to respect him more now and you know not value if his camps are up on the other side of the map and they're just gonna force him into actually being an efficient juggler and he's gonna actually have to pick his timings a lot more deliberately instead of, you know, just waiting for action to happen the way that he was before. Also, I think that people in general also play better in, in summer. I mean, when you've been with your team for a year, you know, you, you understand the game more. There's a, you're more in tune with uh, like what the meta is. And obviously you have big changes in each off season. So once you actually get to the point where you are playing with, you know, your, your team and everyone is cohesive and they, they track the enemy jungle, you know what everyone does these types of players generally do not end up succeeding and the teams that actually are able to figure out how to actively use their jungler as a piece of the team like what it is what it appears xl are doing those teams normally always end up winning out i think people sometimes take like i'll give you a quick side analogy right you know the old school i mean we're going back now like season bloody seven or something you know the old like fucking gigabyte marines teams that did all those like crazy yeah, like Levi. fucking lane swaps and like super aggro dives early in the game and champion picks that no one picked at the time right because i praise teams like that because in my opinion what that team's identified whether this is true or not is like well we have no chance to actually like straight up beat like the best korean team so why don't we just try something super zany and make it like super high variant the fact I think people misunderstand there is that usually is only a great approach or strategy if, like I say, it's your only chance to win. Like you're such an underdog. If you're one of the top players and top teams, you very rarely want to like embrace variants like that. Because I want to ask you about this because people who are fans aren't going to get this right. They're going to think of all the times that it could work if you tried like a really aggressive gank early in a game. Like imagine if like, you get this kill onto this player and then he's ahead in like items. Like it all sounds great, right? But the part they always forget is this, Tom. Imagine it just goes the worst it can go you die you burn summoners you be you're behind on your path in maybe the kill even goes to the enemy jungler right now for the rest of the game you're still the jungler remember you're not just a fan watching the game like enjoy playing the rest of that game out what if your whole fucking comp was based on the idea you had to have like fucking 
pressure. Like you want to be able to invade them or something. Like you're just done. Like you can, people don't realize how hard it is to play twenty more minutes after you've fucked up the first five, as it were. Like that's that that takes a lot of mental fortitude, guys. Like I've seen tons of pro junglers just sink when those early plays go wrong. Especially by the way, if it's one where you're like, you need a teammate's help and they flop it or they misexecute or they just fucking abandon you. Like that's really hard to come back from. I can see why people don't play so aggressively. There's a reason. Yeah. I mean. For, for sure. And then also people get smarter. If you're known for not clearing your camps efficiently, then people are going to go into your jungle and see like, oh, wait, okay, so he has to be bought because his camps are up. And then they're just going to take your fucking camps. And then now you're going to be even more than 20 CS behind. It's not going to be like, oh, I just lost out because, you know, I went I went bot lane and I wasn't clearing my camps when he was clearing his camps. What it ends up being is, oh, he got his camps and my camps. Oh, I actually can't just fucking play the game. Like, I am just doomed for the rest of the game because of this. And teams are smarter now than they used to be. They can just, you, that's the reason why you never see anyone actually playing like this. They know, like, once you're behind, that you can't take any even fight. So they'll just take, they'll just play the even even number game. They're going to invade your, they're going to make every little thing a, a mini objective. Your Raptor respawn is going to be a mini objective. Your red buff, your blue buff, all these are going to just end up getting invaded and you just end up getting fucked. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just think that Malrong will, he, he has two different paths. Either he's going to have to temper down the aggression and up the efficiency so that he's able to actually be relevant in games where the enemy team isn't inting or is just going to look terrible. Like, those are the two options, I think. Oh, by the way, one thing I should have asked about this earlier when we were talking about Astralis, but I'll ask you now. What do you actually think of how Cersei is playing as the jungler? It seems like his champion pool is pretty legit for this this patch. Yeah, I think he looks good. I think he he looks probably the most legit on the team. Um, I think Dayor's improved. And then that... uh. Uh, Junghoon guy, I, I mean, his pike looks really insane. I didn't even know that he was uh, he was apparently a pike well, one trick it? at yeah. a point that his name used to be Execute or something. But okay, so let's let's assume the team start banning out his pike, and nope. they didn't even win that that pike game. I mean, I don't think pike is like an auto win champion in pro play. Uh, I think it's actually really hard to execute most of the time. You have to be extremely good at pike to to make it work. But when when I see the way he played and the fact that Xerxes been playing well. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like at some point Chachi is going to be a real liability. Maybe I'm just really low on him, but uh, it feels like, I, I I don't know. A lot of the time, I just don't know what he's doing. Like, this game, this game they played against SK, the one that they won. I mean, like, how do you, how do you fuck up that lead? H how do you actually fuck that up? It seems so crazy that you, oh, that you have that. Yeah. that much pressure. Then you're just getting solo killed randomly. Like, I, I don't know. It just, I feel like those types of things just, you can't do in this, um, in this day and age of League of Legends, and I just think he he, he returned to LEC way too quick. I think he should have spent oh, a full year in yes. ERL, like played two EU Masters, just grinded the game, and then got promoted afterwards once everything felt more natural. Because it seems like he's really really behind still. And I don't know. For me, it's always tough to watch this because I think that eventually Chachi and people are gonna like just you know devalue Chachi's legacy, which I'm not sure he cares about. But just as somebody who likes the game. It just seems like in five years, we're going to bring up visit Chachi and what he meant in season seven and what he meant in season six. And people will be like, Chachi that guys fucking washed. That guy was garbage. Like people were just bad at the game back then. It's like, no, he got worse. Like he got worse in comparison because everyone else kept on grinding and he, you know, like didn't even stay still. He, he didn't even stagnate. He got worse because he stopped playing the game. You know, that's, yes. that's always the tough part.
Yeah, I always say to people, the problem is, like, when you take time off the game, it's not just the time you took off, it's the time it takes to get good again. So it's not really you didn't play for a year. It's more like you might have set your career back three years by doing that. Like, it takes a while to get to the peak, peak level again. Think about how many hours you accumulate when you're a pro. Like, you don't, you don't just instantly become a pro either. It takes years to get to the top of the game in that sense and prove you're legit, etc. And finally, the one other reason why so many comebacks always look whack is because, let's be real, part of what lets you come back is your name and your status of who you used to be. It's not like he played with nameplates off and they were like, wow, it's the craziest top player in the RLs. Get him into Astralis. Like, he's in this team because he's called Vizichachi. And by the way, spoiler, probably because Cersei and Cobby are in the team as well. Like, they're yeah. literally his ex-teammates, aren't they? So, in some sense, it makes sense he would look a bit whack. I agree, though. He can't keep playing like this because the problem they have is the reverse of what Rogue has, which is you look who they've beaten. Okay, great job, Dom. They took <laughs> care of all the shit teams. The problem is, look who they have to play. They're going to lose to loads of the top teams. So, the question is, on the back side... They have to A, beat all those bad teams again. And then even then, they're only were asset. They would be like eighth. Like, there's no playoffs coming for Australia. It's like, I, I got, as much as people might want to believe the dream, like, come on, they're not going to win against the top teams. They're not the yeah. firepower. What do you want? I mean, I, I think the issue is that even if they play the, the other teams again, if the other teams improve, it just doesn't look like they have fundamental strength. It looks like they're one of the teams where they're, they, have people playing individually well and they might kind of function together but not at a super high level like they're still making a lot of like team mistakes they look like very old-fashioned they actually still look like season nine splice it's like if they just locked those those people up or all of them went into a coma and they just woke up in season 11 or season 12 and started playing this is what i think they would look like you know it just it's just coma coma astralis that's what they are so I just I like they they haven't they haven't progressed and like they're not up to date and current with what is current what what is going on right now in LEC. That's just not a recipe for success. So for me, it's it's I I tweeted I'm I'm fucked up. I, I tweeted actually at Xerxes because he uh <laughs> like he responded to one of my tweets, but uh I said it was a three six angle. Like they're three and one okay. after they're three and one. I'm like it is, they're going three and six. Like I don't see it's how they're beating. plausible. Yes, it's definitely plausible. I mean, they still have to play. Like, so who do they play? They play G two. They still have to play XL. They have to play Mad Lions. Or like, I mean, they have to play fucking everyone. They have to run yes. the whole gauntlet. It seems really, really tough for them. For sure. Oh, by the way, on that all like LEC team who just can't get into teams. I know who the jungler should be. It should obviously be self made. Because I'll tell you what, mate, that's the other question I have, is when you go and you do look at the schlattens of the world, it's like, could this not just be self-made in this team, mate? Like, as much as you might not like, like the downsides of self-made, I'll take him over a player like that. Like, at least self-made has upsides. Like, that's that's something, guys. You've got to get something in the equation. He's, he's, he could be on most of these bottom teams, for fuck's sake. Come on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he could still be on Vitality. Fuck, like, I've already seen enough he of Haru to be like... He could, mate. That hasn't changed. By the way, if, if ever you wanted proof that it isn't just self-made fucking everything, this has to be it, mate. Come on. Like, it, they've took him out of the team. It hasn't changed any of their problems. They've, I mean, got, they've got most of the same issues with the same players, for fuck's sake. They have, the, they have the same issues. And then Haru isn't even like this dog jungler who's following around the lanes and making really intelligent plays. He's actually playing so scared. And I don't think that he'll get enough flack for how bad he's playing because... It's not obvious. Like, he misses every opportunity on the map. He is never in a fucking lane when he actually needs to be in a lane. He's, his, like, vision control, he is literally just a bot. He's clearing his jungle, but somehow less efficiently than the enemy jungler, and he's not ganking, and he's not, like, even covering lanes or, you know, 
in the right spots where he's forcing people to back off turret or he's like there for a dive timing. He's literally nowhere on the map and he's just AFK for me. And then even in the team fights, he doesn't even look good. It's not like he's he's mechanically playing well in the team fights, but he just like takes a kill every now and then. So people will be like, oh, all right. I mean, he didn't play that bad. He's like two, one and one. Like it's Alfari that's running it down. It's it's their bot lane that's fucking inting still. But I feel like he's just, he looks like the worst player on the team to me. It, it looks like he is actually just missing every single jungle timing that he has in the game. And, you know, like he's just lucky that in the final, in the crucial moments, like perks is just running it down really badly in one fight. And he's just tanking all the aggro. You know, th there it is. Perks ran it down. Oh, that's why they lost. Because as soon as Perks died, then the, ne the Nexus exploded. So it must have been his fault. I'm not saying that Perks and Alfari and, and Karzi are playing great. I don't think that they're playing exceptional at all. But they're definitely playing the game. Har Haru's not playing. He's AFK farming. He's AFK farming the jungle. I said on street, I could fucking do that. If I if you put me in LEC and it's like, okay, your job is to just not look like dog shit. You're not going to help your lanes. You're going to be useless. You're just going to sit and clear the jungle camps. Anyone can fucking do that shit. Like, you have to start playing jungle. You have to start doing something. And it's so frustrating to watch him do nothing. And I feel like that's part of the reason why you see the egregiousness from, like, Alfari or Perks or Karzi is because they just want something to fucking happen. They're like, yo, like, we're, we're not doing anything. We're slowly losing. Like, we got to fucking put our foot down and, and make something happen. So, it, I mean, I was somebody who was flaming Karzi a lot last split. And I, I was really down on LeBrov, but I actually feel like right now Haru is really doing them a disservice with the way that he's playing jungle. I I feel like you can't play like that if you're if you're a jungler in a competitive league. You have to like sack up and, and do something. Even though this isn't really what they're doing, I'm joking when I say this. It's like I always bitch, right? That I hate that even in LEC, you see loads of times where like supports and jungles just kill steel. And it's like, bro, we needed that kill on the carry. Like the joke is, like, it actually low key, if you wanted to just make plebs on Reddit think you're playing well, you should kill steel all the time if you're a shit player on a team. Like, if you have the chance to just like fucking last hit that guy and just get that kill on your guy when it's a dragon fight, mate, people are going to be stupid enough, like you say. They're just going to load the. Because the sad thing is, they do this stuff, they act like it's basketball they like that you can look at the box score like you do in basketball <laughs> you know in basketball if it says like i went like you know 14 for 27 shots i probably had a really good game as like a shooting guard or something like the odds that i was bad and i cost my team the game are very low because stats work differently in that spot it doesn't work like that in league they try to do scoreboard watching like that in a way that doesn't even make any sense at all does it, it just doesn't work like that in the game boys it doesn't yeah. I mean, you you look at that game that he played on Wukong, and he is behind in farm, he's behind in objectives, and he hasn't ganked a lane. How can the, the other jungler do all three? It's not possible. If he's spending time doing dragon, then he should not be ahead of you in, in, in farm. Like, you should be able to counter jungle him, dive, dive a top laner. Like, there's no way that you can actually be ahead in the plays that you've made and the objective game and be be ahead in, in just your, your, you know, productivity of just killing minions in the jungle. Like, it's just not possible. So... It's not only that Haru is playing poorly, it's that he doesn't, he's so unsure of himself. He's like so insecure with every one of his map movements that he just ends up wasting time. He'll just go to an area that he shouldn't be in and just like sit there and look around and be like, oh fuck, I'm not supposed to be here. And then go back to his jungle. Like that, that's not jungling. That's not LEC level jungling in, in 2022 at least. So, I mean, look, I know like maybe it's a bow waiting room. I don't know if he's even going to get here. This that was what they implied, right? That, that was the real player they're waiting for some shit, right? I mean, look, I cannot imagine if I could not imagine Bo playing like that. He's just too, he's too inherently good at the game. Like either he's going to fucking run it down or he's going to just be like smurfing. There's, there's no in between. Like I cannot see him doing this. This, this literally just looks like somebody that doesn't know what they're supposed to be doing. So what you're saying, Dom, is you could see Bo fixing Vitality's game. 
Yeah, I definitely can see him. I could see him fixing the match for, for sure. There you go. There you go. Right, what about, <laughs> I've got a question for you because here's the problem, right? I think my I can I can summarize my whole problem with the G2 roster like this. First of all, I have no problem with them in LEC. They look great. They are the best team. Fair play to them. They're better than I thought they would be, and they're better than some of the rosters I hoped would be better than them. They split. My main problem is obviously because they won LEC, and I saw them at MSI. I'm always thinking of them shadow boxing them going to Worlds. Like, what are they going to do when they play against the best team from the LPL, the best LCK team, etc. Right. The, the reason why, like, I think G2 as a team, if you look at their org, has to be a study in, like, the culture slash personality fit of players. Because this lineup is almost inarguably way worse, like, skill-wise, role-wise, than the classic super team lineup. And what's funny is, it's also, on paper, worse than the lineup they had with Reckless. But the reason why this one works so much better than the Reckless lineup, despite the fact in theory it had better players, is because, mate, you could even summarize it in one sentence. For whatever they did with the players they brought, in it just makes Caps and Yankos just go to peak form. Like if those two players, by the way, probably the two best players in their roles ever to play in the West. If those two players can play peak form like they are now, anyone could play those. Like yeah, you can have anyone you want in the bottling. Have anyone you want in every other role. Like these guys just fucking smurf on the LEC right now. And think about how many players you notice in the conversation of the teams. There's a lot of like semi dodgy junglers in LEC right now. Mate, Yankos just fucking just chills. He's just fucking owning all the games. It's ridiculous. Like these guys look like right now. Like like remember we're putting like XL mad lines at the moment. The teams with them. The teams that aren't even proven in the playoffs. Like at the moment, this is like G2's league to lose. They look great right now, mate. Even when, yeah, I'm saying, like, even when they just lost to BDS, like I don't care about that game. They're, they're, they're really good. Look, for for me, it's so easy because people that, have, that that know my stream recently, I've been watching like LPL and you know I've, I've watched LCK off stream. I hate this Vi champion. Everyone is playing it. I saw it actually two days ago too. Yeah. Uh, or no, maybe it was yesterday at this point. I mean, all the days blend together when you watch fucking LPL three in the morning. But Kanavi played Vi, and every single person that plays Vi just looks so fucking useless on this champion. I don't know. If I think it's such a trap pick because I think I think it's one of those uh, scrim picks where you probably just get a kill every single time yes. you get your old in a yes. scrim. You know, you just people go just mid. go forwards all the time in fucking scrims. Yeah, that that sounds like a perfect scrim ability. Oh, like I just cue the wall, ult the mid later. They can't do anything. What happens when they actually start warding your camps and they they they're playing passively and then they're not even playing the same champions because in scrims, you know, everyone wants to try new picks for the week and you know I'm sure that all the mid laners want to like they're like seeing like oh shit in LPL they're playing Talia and Swain like or like LCK like you're seeing you're seeing like Talia if they are seeing those picks okay cool they're gonna try to play those in in competitive and they're not gonna or, or like in scrims and they're not gonna be as good at them. What happens when you get on stage and it's like, hmm, it appears that we are just playing Vi into Alessandra. How the fuck are you ever killing Alessandra? That, like, the counter to Vi is Zanyas. That champion has a built-in Zanyas. Well, it looks like we're fucked. You know, and, and just the other part about, about it is that it's single target. It's not one of those champions where it's like, okay, well, it doesn't really yes. need to get the ganks to, like, be useful. Looks like it fucking does, to be honest. And then the other, like, the other AD picks... They're not going to Kogma or something like that, dude. If you're playing in a dilution Ezreal, they're gonna. If you press R on those champions, you're gonna end up behind their backline. You're gonna somehow end up like in their fucking tier three turret whenever you click that R button. I don't know. I'm just not sold on this champion. So when I see G2 pick that, I don't think if they're playing a game where their life depends on it right now and they're not playing against BDS and it's playoffs, they're, they're, I was they're just an experimental draft. They were just fucking around a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's something that they're probably seeing other regions play and they're like, oh, like. 
well, if other regions play it, like we got to figure out why it's good. It must have something. And then they play it in scrims like, oh, now we can kind of see it. And then in the game, they're like, oh, this looks like a Vi game. Like subconsciously, you know, you're playing against BDS, right? Like, yes. so they probably have in the back of their minds, oh, like we'll probably beat them no matter what. Not, I mean, they're probably not vocalizing that to each other. Of course, yes. Yeah. You just mean like an unconscious sentiment. Yeah, of course. I'm not the old You know, that. look, as an LCS player, LEC player, you know who the fuck you're playing against. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's it's that's why the, there's always these trap games that people drop all the time yes this is a trap game and then even more than it being a trap game they just grief themselves with their own draft so I, I don't even care about that bds game they still look like they should be the best team yes oh on that point by the way that's like a part that like to a fan might seem a bit confusing because it's basically it's the same sentiment as when i say that like look obviously every player consciously thinks i want to win and i am trying 100 percent. but when you play someone you think is way below your level just unconsciously you're not actually going to apply yourself 100 percent most of the time you're going to sort of skate a bit and wait and see if they test like basically the way, the best example of this is if you know counter-strike at all as a pro game it is insanely rare anyone ever wins a map 16-0 dom even if it's like the best team in the world playing the opening match against the worst team in the tournament and the whole reason why is because actually believe it or not usually to get a 16-0 the teams actually have to be like comparably close and then one team has to try really hard because what happens is if I'm really the best team in the world and your team's shit I'll just win 16-2 like I'm not actually I'm not really like trying like to I must win every round like because I know I'm going to win the game I sort of take my foot off the pedal a little bit and I cruise to victory so I, I will say I think it's definitely that and also there's even a logic by the way as to why I actually think this specific game against BDS it is totally fine to fuck around in the draft because it's another principle that I also take from Counter-Strike which is I hate it in Counter-Strike where people only play the maps that they're good at because the premise goes sometimes you have to be able to trick people in the veto so what you do is against bad teams that you know you should beat anyway sometimes you do play a weaker map just to show that look I can sort of play it or you have to at least consider I might play it in a game like this, against, if you're G2, like it's certainly making playoffs. You've already got a chance for Worlds, for LEC. Also, you're the top team in the league right now. And BDS, like we're saying, from scrims, I think every team's checked out on them and thinks they're shit. And nobody respects them. So, like, of all the games, this is the perfect one where, like, true, it didn't work. But if you, let's say this had looked amazing and the Yankos had, like, smurfed on the Vi, then they'd probably get a fucking free ban from it next time they play, like, Fnatic or something. You know, like, you know, that actually could have worked out there. I don't mind that one. Like, yeah, that's why I agree. I don't care. This is, this is fine for G2. For BDS, who gives a fuck, mate? Yeah, great. You got that one win. See how that works out for you at the end of the split. <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it's just a glorified scrim. That, that's what it is. It's they want to try a champion. Like they probably tried it in scrims a couple times, and they want to see what it's like on stage because you know people obviously play different. So they're just trying to source information. I don't care about it literally at all. It is what it is. They lost the BDS playing fucking Vi. Yank, if Yankos plays Volibear, game's over. It's over in Champ Select. They don't need to show that they can beat BDS with fucking Volibear Ari. You know? Just pick pick something else for Yankos and see if that could actually be useful later on. And, you know, it could be it could be useful as, as the season progresses if, if other teams have to know, like, hey, shit, like, they actually play Vi, so we can't play these, these, these uh, mobile champions. Like, we have to play, you know, the Lissandras of the world. We want to play 80 carries that... You know, that have the ability to survive a Vi, at least. I don't know. That's at least how I view it. The only team we didn't talk about, it's one we even almost just, I think we just straight up skipped them last week, but we'll just briefly touch on them now. It's SK Gaming. Right, dude, I'll tell you the real reason why we haven't talked about SK. 
because the, the narrative is just the most boring in the LEC. Like, they're just not a top team. They're not even really, like, bit to be in the playoffs this time around because certain teams getting better. And then you watch the games, it's just nothing. It's just like, whatever. Like, I don't even dislike the team. Like, it's an all right roster on paper. It's just like, like in the game, they've got one of the most uninspiring teams I've seen in ages, man. It's like, it's not, what's there a hope for? What's the, what am I supposed to get into in the game? Like, none of the laners are interesting, too. It's just a boring team. Sorry, it just is. Yeah, it's, it's a boring team. And then, it, like, you, I mean, everyone just knows what it is when you look at the roster, right? Like, they want to hold their LEC spot and put together the best team possible with, like, dog shit resources. Like, them, like, them and Astralis just have absolutely yes the, the, the worst budgets. And it's just blatantly obvious. Like, and that, I think that's the problem for, for BDS. I think that's why we're so harsh on BDS is because that team should be a lot better than it, yes. than it is. Like, they, they paid 26 fucking million dollars from this franchise spot to do this. And... Clearly, players like Adam coming off Worlds and players like Xmati coming from K Corp and Sigurov coming from K Corp, like this roster wasn't cheap. Where oh no, like, you know SK wasn't getting EU Masters champions, right? Like they they got Gilius when you know he was coming off being benched. They already had treats in the team, and they probably got him at a time where you know like he was essentially just an oh, academy no NA player. Yes. Jesu is Jesu, and then like you know Jedax was was role swapping, and and Certus was just. Yeah, I mean, he's just Certus, right? So you look at the roster, you're like, okay, they just don't have the firepower to be good. They're a team that they're trying to be the XL where they're more than the sum of their parts, but they have way less resources. So yes. I don't know. I, I really hate teams like SK because they just make, they hurt the league. I think that that's like, they're a leech. They're, they're, it, you know, when Carlos had that tweet where he's like, you know, yes. I'm looking at all the content we're doing and like these people are fucking leeches. That's the, the orgs that he's talking about. We got a lot of them in, in LCS. We got a lot of them. Immortals is a leech right now. Dignitas is a leech. They're not there to win. SK is not trying to like lose money to win. They're trying to lose the minimum while keeping something that they perceive to have high value, which is their franchise slot. And it, if they get offered like $26, 27000000 million for their slot sometime down the line, I expect they're going to just grab it, you know? Yeah, the problem they have also in SK is like one of the reasons they're not interested is like you said, it's not like they're getting top prospects. Like, look, as much as I might think BDS is shit, some of those players, like you said, there was reasons to give some of them a try. And there was even a logic with people like Adam, like maybe they'll be way better than you expect. Like maybe they'll actually be like a low-key top player on like a lower team. The SK squad doesn't even have like the prospects. So that's why even though, funny enough, they actually are one of the bot mogs that do make some content, no one watches it because who's there to be a fan of? Like, the joke is they don't have anyone who... Like, the joke... The only person on that team I'm really, like, a fan of is, like... Like, I enjoy, like, Gilius's personality and sometimes his jungle. It's just mainly traits. Like, I actually get the, 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 the feeling, no joke. Because remember... I've watched all the LEC, so to me, I think of playing an SK game, and I think I'm looking good. But I think a lot of people must just remember that, like the way it ended in TSM, where you remember he got subbed out for Biofrost, and they they came back and won the split when it was that yeah. online split to you. That must have like affected this guy's career because I don't get it, Tom. Every time I watch him, the eye test checks out. Like he looks like a solid player. It even seems from all the interviews coming on culture, it seems like he has a good mind for the game, good attitude. Like, well, I don't get why people like that are just sort of on the outside. Why do they never, why do they never get picked up by better teams? Why is he not on like Bully Misfits? I don't get it, man. I don't get that that one. Yeah, like or just a fucking mystery to me. Or even like Vitality. I think the problem is this: that the teams that he would be good on, or that would probably benefit the most from him, and like what his skill set is, would actually be like some of the top teams, some of the teams that need that guy that's like smart about the game, that's going to really just push his team forward and elevate the players around him. But those teams don't go for players like that. They, they they'll take the LeBron of the world oh. over him every single time. So I feel yes. like he's in this really unfortunate situation where he's not like number one supports not the role where you can be on a fucking bad team and just carry the whole game. Yes.
put Core JJ on Immortals, the team still fucking sucks, right? Like maybe they're slightly better, but maybe SK is slightly better than they would be with Treats. Maybe maybe they would be the the 12th place team out of the 10 places in, in LEC, you know, if Treats wasn't on the team. You never know how fucking bad they could be. But obviously it's a joke. But the point of it is that like his skill set, like I don't think he'll ever get a shot for it because he's just going to be on these these bottom teams. So it's pretty sad to be honest. Like I would have loved to see him on a team with some good fucking players or him with like a really solid AD. I mean, he he obviously likes playing with Jesu. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they're probably friends. Is, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, he likes playing with Jesu. You know, he believes in him. But realistically, like, I just think that that's not the best for him. You know, like he needs to like, get out of that relationship. Like, you can do better. You know, treats could do better. That's that's all I'm saying here. I think the problem with this team also is that you can't blame even like the GM. Like, I can't blame Krepo. I can't blame the team, the coach. Like, I like I blame whoever is fucking making the the budgeting decisions for the team whoever that is like whichever person is like actually at the top being like this is how much money you're gonna have to work with that's the person that's screwing over the team until that changes oh, the sure. team is gonna be always a bottom feeder yeah here's the here's the sickest thing when you say that i even realized this and this is why it's so brutal actually if you think about it, that that's the issue because the joke is dom this isn't is actually the team right this is actually the team where what you wanted is you wanted like bds style erl like prospect laners with this support jungle duo like if you actually put some players with some real like ability in the game with fucking gilius and treats but dude you'd actually have like you could do a pretty good min max at the bottom of the table here you could have the team that like competes for the last playoff spot like sk has in the past and you know you could like look you're not going to go to worlds or something let's like, be realistic but like that this is the team you should be putting the young talents on but that's the problem they don't even get them like look at the players they keep first of all you'll notice every player who's just meh gets like one extra split in sk it's weird like that's why if i'm the tinks guy i'm like what the fuck did i do wrong mate like yeah i wasn't great but like i'd get one split i'm kicked like immediately like these the guys like they get extra splits on the ass <laughs> i don't get it he got fucked so hard he got he kicked. did for the coach like that's the real thing people be like oh, oh but it was treats that replaced him it's like no treats was already on the fucking team he was the support the reason he was kicked was so that they could have the coach jess's in-game yep. with treats because they thought that was the, the solution like it, it just felt to me like jess just wanted to play some lec he just was like watching you know and he still was like oh man maybe i could make a comeback like maybe, maybe this oh. is like my moment like lec isn't, isn't that good like i i was pro not that long ago it felt yeah. like that type of thing where it was coach ego more than actual like like realistic thinking about what is best for the team. Like there's no way that in those five games, they went zero five. They, they literally did not win a game with, with Jess. There's no way that I believe that truly everyone on the team believed that they had a better shot having their coach play support and having their support first time jungle than having Tinks. Who's been like a good jungler for his entire career. It's just no, not possible. No way. I don't believe it. No, no. That's like basically when Reginald described everyone to agree it was Wild Turtle's fault. Like, spoiler, it's not because they thought it was Wild Turtle's fault. It's because the way Reginald kept saying it. Like, all that shows me is fair play. At least, at least Jesus did have apparently buy in from his players. He got a buy in to a fucking shit idea that didn't make any sense and they lost every game. And at yeah. the end, they didn't even like apologize for it. They were just sort of like, well, whatever, we tried. Like, that's a guy's career. Like, the Tinks guy would be better than that for fuck's sake. Like, because as you say, they used like the weirdest <laughs> logic ever. Because like, as they said there, they were like, no, no, we're not kicking 
kicking tinks for Jesus, though. We're just kicking tinks, and then we're moving Jez the treats to Jesus uh, to tinks's position and then who could still play support like why is that question even being asked like the first part only makes sense once you've already done it like it only makes <laughs> sense to bring Jesus in when there's no support like the whole thing yeah. was whack as fuck even though we let them we did give them a chance on the on the show it was the crackdown back then where they were trying to fucking dodge and weave under all the questions but spoiler it didn't work and you lost every game so fuck off yeah, I think that was probably one of the most fucked up episodes of, of, of the crackdown because we just like we just brought this guy that neither of us really knew that well on, and then we just like roasted him live for like an hour and a half, and then he like thanked us for it afterwards. He's like, "Yes, sir." Like, yeah, like, all right. Because people don't know, like <laughs> usually if we give people a hard time, or even if we usually just bring them on the show, it's usually going to be someone like we know on some level. Like, like if people yeah. don't know this, unless they're just really like, ruining the con for, I'll very rarely actually be like rude to people with banter. I do that to break the ice when I know they can take it, or it's some angle that like yeah. it's a famous angle that 100%. everyone memes on them, you know. But like in that particular case, that was one where I almost just like felt bad. But at the same time, every second I would stop feeling bad because I'd be like, he just said some absolute nonsense. Fuck it, I'm going to go in there. Like, what about this? <laughs> you know, like, there's also that element where. Like it's like fucking just being a troublemaker. Like, yeah, maybe I'll yeah. push this little puck that guy a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 for sure. I think part of it was also it's like, <laughs> would, would, like he's he was the GM for SK at the time, right? And it's hard to like, even though none of it is probably his fault because he's probably in the same oh, fuck no situation. Yes. That Crepo's in. It's yep. like you take out a little bit of that hatred on SK on you the guy do. that is representing yeah. SK. You know, like just, it just it just naturally like bubbles up. But yeah, I mean, I mean most of the time when you see me like flame people, like if I'm flaming, like I mean, pretty much I, I don't know if we've had a guest on this show. I, I guess Young Buck would be the only guest we've had on the show that I haven't had on a coaster room where you know they're on the fucking coaster and they're calling me old, ancient, all this shit. Like I'm flaming them for whatever like bad result they they recently got. That's just normally the dynamic. It's like we're fucking with each other. That one was just like no, like there was we were actually like a little bit angry like during that during that one, and oh, then we just sure. like ended it abruptly. We're like, well, fuck, like if you're not gonna say anything, then the show's over. Like it was. I love that. Uh, though. Too much. I love that. It's like I actually do that even on someone in insight. If there's ever like a really awkward silence, just watch. I think it's funny because the thing is, I'm like I've, I'm so comfortable in interviews. I don't. I can I can wait a second to pick it up. So I'll always like let the other people that. Start like, getting nervous and start trying to say, "Oh, just say some stupid." Well, well, what about like? I just love like the the like the tension when it gets all awkward, like, like eh. and then in Kiski <laughs> on shores. This is why you've got on some level, like you say, there's got to be a reason. Like for example, if you think that the GM like, on some level, like this is my chance to take out how shit the org is, because the problem is like that's actually the one part that is a bit fucked up about how we all do roast players. Is like the player should take like I'll give you the example, right? You might think, I'll give you a random one, like maybe someone thinks that like Sword Art should never be on TSM, for example. Understand, for Sword Art's career, he should 100% take that deal. That is the, probably the best, like, I won't say the best team because it was a terrible team, but like the best offer in terms of like for what's left in his career and this contract, the offer, he should take that 100%. The person you should flame shouldn't really be Sword Art. It should be Reginald or Lena or whoever signed him, right? Like in that scenario, the real problem is like in esports, we've sort of done the fucked up thing they've done in corporate culture, Dom, where like, when you call up the company that's fucked you, you're not really talking to anyone who has any power. You're just bitching at some guy who makes like $8 an hour and he's just like, I'm sorry, sir, I I'm sorry. And you're just like, and another thing, the way your company's treating me. And he's just like, I'm so sorry, sir. Uh, you can contact this like, complaints line. And you're just wrecking this guy. But the reality is that he didn't do anything. His job is just to take that shit. And sadly, if you're a coach or GM, that is sort of in league, your job. Because that's the thing, like, really it's the orgs we hate, not the players who had a shit game. Because here's the thing, Dom, they say you're only as good as your last game, so let's wait for the next games to talk about some of them. Awesome. 